The following is audio from Fellowship Community Church in Centennial, Colorado. If you would like more resources or want to support this ministry, please visit www.fcchurch.org. Well, we've been on a journey this month, and we've been looking at the book of Proverbs. And uh, today's title is Busy Hands or Lazy Bones. Um, I'm sorry, I apologize. We're going to talk about being a sluggard. I have no one in mind. I have not identified anyone that I'm going to preach at today other than myself. And, uh, and I want you to receive it that way, okay? It's very important that as we look at Scripture, don't be looking down the aisle. Don't be looking at your spouse. Don't be looking at your children, your grandchildren, whatever. Just let God's Word speak to you. Some people in this congregation today need to take a nap. The most holy thing you could do is take a rest. You are a workaholic. But then there are others who need what the book of Proverbs is going to teach us about. And um, may God help us. I was kind of curious about, um, and remember that wisdom is skillful living that honors God. It's kind of been our theme what effect did COVID actually have on the production of workers in America? I, I was kind of curious about that. So I went out and did some research, of course, on the Internet. I ran across this uh, healthcare company called McKinsey, and they put together a group of experts to examine some of this. And they said an ongoing effect of COVID-19 is less critical and less obvious, but nevertheless substantial. More than two years after the lockdown, the disease continues to exert a break on the U.S. economy through productive work days lost to worker illness, caregivers' responsibilities for children and seniors, and compliance with isolation guidelines. And some analysts are starting to notice. We estimate that each case of COVID-19, including both those diagnosed and those that do not make it into official statistics lead to one to one and a half days of productive work lost, depending on the scenario. By itself, that is not catastrophic for any one worker or employer, but the scale of the epidemic is vast. The Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation suggests that there were 315 million to 690 million COVID cases in the United States in 2022. Only a small portion of these cases, however, were captured in the health public statistics. Do the math, the 315 million to 1.05 billion workers' days were likely lost to COVID-19 last year. Equivalent to 1.3 million or 4.3 million workers dropping out of the workplace for a full year. Wow, that's interesting. At the high end, that's about double the average number of sick days taken by U.S. workers in the decade before the pandemic. Stated differently, the cumulative impact of lost time due to COVID-19 is equivalent to 0.8 to 2.6% reduction in the availability of the U.S. workforce. In our view, this is a hidden loss that could help explain the persistent U.S. worker shortage. I think those are some of the issues we're kind of grappling with. Now, they've come up with kind of four ways that they see that COVID affected. We missed work due to acute illness. 
And uh, secondly, some uh, missed work and productivity was lost due to long-term COVID effects because some people really have struggled long-term with COVID. Um, they missed work due to isolation based on COVID protocol. We've seen some of that. And productivity was lost while caregiving for a dependent family member. Again, we can see some of the effect of that. Now, again, I'm not targeting anyone as being lazy, and I'm not saying COVID made us lazy. I'm not saying anything like that. Please don't say that I said that. Um, but I do want to live skillfully, and I want to serve the Lord productively, and I think you do too. Uh, what we were taught in Proverbs is that it's the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord doesn't refer to cowardly, cringing sort of fear. God does not want us to live in terror of him. He wants us to love him. So said Ray Stedman, that wonderful pastor from the Peninsula Bible Church. The book of Proverbs, he writes, approaches life from the position that God has all the answers. He is all-wise and all-knowing. Nothing is hidden from his knowledge. He understands all mysteries, sees the answer to all riddles. Therefore, the beginning of wisdom is to revere and fear him. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. The fear of the Lord is not the fear that God might hurt us, but rather the fear that we might hurt him. Thank you, Ray. In other words, it is the fear that something that we do might offend him or grieve his loving heart. In this sense, fear really means reverence or respect, and it is this kind of loving, respectful fear that is the beginning of true knowledge and wisdom. The fear of the Lord is not the end of wisdom, it's the beginning. Good thoughts. Maybe you heard the story about the farmer he was sitting on his porch, and a stranger came by and said, How are things? Tolerable. Two weeks ago, a tornado came along and knocked down all the trees that I would have had to chop down for this winter's firewood. And last week, lightning struck the bush that I had planned to burn to clear the fields for planting. <laughs> the stranger responded, Well, that's remarkable. What are you doing now? The farmer answered, waiting for an earthquake to come along and shake the taters out of the ground. <laughs> That's the way sluggards think, huh? In Proverbs chapter 24, Solomon says, I went past the field of a sluggard, past the vineyard of someone who has no sense. Thorns had come up everywhere, the ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Sluggardliness, or being a sluggard according to Webster, is one who is habitually idle and inactive. The Hebrew word is a seal. It appears 12 times in Proverbs. And so today, we're going to kind of take a look at this pathetic fool, and we're going to make a quick survey. 
And again, if it's convicting, keep it quiet. Don't let anybody else know, you know, just keep it to yourself. Kidner says, and he's a very wise theologian, that a sluggard will not begin a project or finish him. He's just useless. So let's begin by reviewing the marks of a sluggard. Now, like I said, I have a lot of slides today. Don't try to keep up in your Bible. Just kind of write it down if you can. But we're just going to cover a lot of verses because actually Solomon has a lot to say to laziness and sluggardliness. And um, the first thing he says is a sluggard makes excuses. A sluggard says, there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. Imagine, made up, (laughs) any excuse not to work. A sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is too lazy to bring it back to his mouth. (laughs) Wow, that's just shocking, isn't it? Dr. Wearsby says, people who make a lot of excuses are rarely good at anything else. They just make a lot of excuses. They invent drama to excuse themselves and blame others. And often, these are imaginary enemies, and that's the case with the lion most likely in the verse. A sluggard loves sleep. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. That was very convicting to me. (laughs) When I was in seminary, I drove my roommate crazy. The poor guy, he had to leave. I drove him so crazy. One of the crazy things I did is in the morning, I set the alarm to go off, and then I turned it off, and I went back to sleep. Because I wanted to wake up like I didn't wake up with the alarm. I wanted, oh, I woke up. How nice. Door on its hinges. Just doesn't get out of bed. Stays in bed. One commentator says wisely, laziness ruins competitive race for most, or excuse me, runs the competitive race for the most underrated sin. It anesthetizes its victims in a life of stupor and ends in hunger, bondage, and death. The sluggard knows it all. A sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. Somebody who actually has some wisdom, somebody who actually can help, someone who is actually sensible. The sluggard is so self-deluded, they actually think they're wiser than these folks. A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Have you seen that? We get into trouble, we caused it, and then we blame God. And he's a big target. And it's easy, you know, oh, it was God that did this. God's the one, God the one who caused the problem. These observations are shocking, but we're not done yet, right? We're just getting started. But let's heed the remarks made to a sluggard by wise Solomon, and here it is. Poverty is coming. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Has no commander or no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. (laughs) The ant doesn't have to have a boss. He just knows this is what he needs to do, and he's going to do it diligently. That's why the sluggard could learn from an ant, Solomon says. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? 
And here's the little song of the sluggard. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Notice three times, little, 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 just, just a little, just a little. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Poverty, suddenly you're in poverty. Suddenly you have major problems. Suddenly you, you're defenseless. You can't defend yourself. And it's all brought on by the folly of being lazy. And poverty can lead to being destitute. That's what the verse is telling us. Like an armed man. Mm. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. This is the word we introduced two weeks ago, musar, correction, instruction. The sluggard needs instruction just like everybody else, but because they refuse it, they're on the path to poverty. And so he describes the life of a sluggard. Life is disgraceful. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. Disgrace, shame. This word shame is used 127 times in the Old Testament. It means to shame robs our parents. It, we lose our inheritance, Solomon warns, warns. And the remedy for Shame is refuge in the Lord. Look at the words of David in Psalm 31. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Answer to God. Live before him. Let him be your refuge. And, and you'll overcome shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge. Our rah, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. That's really the remedy for disgrace. Just let God be God. Let the Lord be your Lord. And serve him wholeheartedly. And if others try to shame you, let them be wrong. Let the truth be that he's your Savior. And when you fail, he forgives and he restores. Isn't that beautiful? He, he gives you a new start. And hallelujah, we can miss great a disgrace. How about this? Life is unfaithful. Oh, I like this one. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so are sluggards to those who send them. It's one thing to be lazy. It's another thing to have lazy workers under you. Right? And he goes, it's like vinegar to the teeth. <laughs> I remember when I was in seminary, one of the guys went on a diet. He just drank vinegar and ate cucumbers. He got so sick. I don't know if he lost weight or not, but he got sick. Just vinegar to the teeth, smoke to the eyes. That's what it's like when you try to send a slugger to do a job. <laughs> They're unfaithful, lazy, irksome. Life is stressful for a sluggard. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Yeah, you, you, you owe taxes, you, you uh, owe tribute, and you may become a slave. Same words used in, of the slaves, the Hebrew slaves in Exodus. 
forced labor. Here's a little Persian proverb for you. He who knows not and knows not that he knows not is a fool. Shun him. He who knows not and knows that he knows not is a child. Teach him. He who knows and knows not what he knows is asleep. Wake him up. But he who knows and knows that he knows is wise. Follow him. And that's what Solomon's trying to do here for us. He's trying to help us to see the dangers of laziness. And I had such high goals during COVID. I thought I'd read all kinds of books, do all kinds of things. I didn't do any of it. That's the way it affected me. It will add stress, though. It's also woeful. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. The sluggard has all kinds of ideas, all kinds of dreams. Oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, never does any of them. And because of procrastination and other sins, life is woeful. The diligent, in contrast, Solomon's words, they're fat-souled. Isn't that funny? Diligent. They're fat-souled. Everything the sluggard thinks about is fantasy. Desires are never fulfilled. It's so sad. The slugger, the craving of a sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. All day long he craves for more, but the righteous give without sparing. They not only satisfy themselves, they're able to give stuff away. Isn't that interesting? Very, very great contrast. Here's Paul's testimony to the young preacher. And I say from this side of the pulpit, I've known too many lazy pastors. I worked with a lazy pastor when I did my internship. Most of what that man taught me was how not to do ministry. Come into the office about 11 o'clock, look at the mail, and go eat lunch. I never saw him work on a sermon before Friday afternoon. He wrote to me not too long ago, and He's mended his ways. It's pretty, it's pretty cool to see who he is today. It really is. I thought, did the little young man that came to be your intern, did he help at all? I hope I did. But I've kept records of my time because I didn't want to be a lazy pastor. I worked a job in the grocery store and had to punch a clock for six years. One of my wise profs said in seminary, I wish all you guys had to punch a clock before you go into ministry. There is no place for laziness. Certainly not in ministry. And not in life. Let's give God our best, right? No matter what station you're in, no matter where you are today, do your best for the glory of God and leave the results with him. And that's why this is so convicting. And, and Paul says, be diligent in these matters, Timothy. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And then he writes to the whole church, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, after he's talked the whole chapter about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus is risen. He defeated death. For you and for me. Hey, let's live for him, right? That's what he's saying. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And how much do you do is for the Lord. All of it. 
all right, fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Isn't that great? Life has purpose. Life has meaning. When you get up, no matter how old you are, how young you are, you can live for the glory of God and it will be remembered in heaven. Wow. Your work is not in vain. You might not get paid a lot. <laughs> you may not get any recognition. They may never come from the local newspaper and interview and you and, and do a big documentary on your life. But God is keeping a record. And one day at the Bema Seat of Christ, we're going to see. And we're going to be shocked because the first will be last and the last will be first. It'll be amazing to see what some people were doing quietly, unnoticed, for the glory of God. Right? Let us be people like that. Let us be people like that because the alternative is woeful. Life is toilful. I think I made up a word, but I was looking for a full word. I came up with toilful. I don't know. The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. So here the contrast is the, the steps a sluggard's taking today just blocked with thorns. Again, you probably have those excuses that sluggards make. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Blaming others. But the path, the future of the upright is a highway. Visible, easy to travel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Diligence is a lifestyle. Faithfulness for the Lord. Life can be painful. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. That's a pretty strong statement of how painful it can be. So let's take a quick moment and look at the blessings of the diligent. The, 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 actually, the Hebrew word for diligence means sharp. That's kind of the great picture, sharp, keen. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The lazy do not roast any game. This is sad. But the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. <laughs> lazy are so lazy they don't even roast their game. But in contrast, the diligent one feeds on the riches, enjoys the steak. Some time ago, when I was very young in ministry, I read these words in Romans 12, and it was a season when life wasn't going too good, ministry wasn't going too good, as I remember. And I read, if you lead, if your gift is to lead, do it diligently. Really? So the New Testament Greek word here, diligence means do it thoroughly and do it quickly. Don't procrastinate and give it your best. So if you're a leader, do it diligently. Well, then the word shows up in verse 11. And by the time I got to verse 11, I just couldn't believe I read this. Never be lacking in zeal. You've got to be kidding me. I'd rather sing gloom, despair, and agony on me. <laughs> but keep your spiritual fervor. And how do I do that? Serving the Lord. Isn't that rich? Just keep it simple. Whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Before him. 
He's watching. He's observing. He will empower you. David did such a good job yesterday at teaching us about work and how God empowers us for work, how he gives us a new story for work because it counts for him. It was just such a blessing. David is such a great teacher, and I was so blessed to hear those words, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. How? By serving the Lord. Idleness was an issue in the first century church. Did you know that? Not a modern invention. (laughs) When Paul went to Thessalonica, he was there for three weeks, and this is what he wrote to them about what he did. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked day, night and day, in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. He didn't charge anybody. He paid his own bills. He was a tent maker is what we call it today. That's what Eduardo was referring to. He worked in tents so they didn't have to charge for people to hear the gospel. Because when people have to pay to hear the gospel, then they say, you're just out for the money. See, that's, that's what he was avoiding. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy righteous and blameless we were among you who believed by his hard work. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. That's the testimony of the Apostle Paul at that little place called Thessalonica. Well, he writes a second letter, and he says, we hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. The two kind of go together, don't they? idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. I'm not talking to you. Please don't squirm in your seat. Yeah, okay, right? But this is the danger of idleness. This is the danger of what can happen. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. You see, they had an eschatological reason we think. They said, Jesus is coming. So they quit their jobs and went on the roof and waited for Jesus to come. And they expected everybody else to feed them. And Paul said, this just doesn't work like this. All right? It's not like that. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed and repent, of course, and yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. Paul took it pretty serious. In fact, in 1 Timothy, he writes, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Woo! That's about as strong as it gets about this issue of sluggardliness or laziness. Here's a prescription. We're almost done. We're back to Ephesians. How about that? Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Redeem the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. God has a purpose and plan for every day. Take your schedule and lay it before God in the morning and pray over it and say, Lord, lead me and guide me. And plan for interruptions. Sometimes the interruptions are the best appointments of all. But live your life carefully. Invest your time. Recently I was convicted that I had kind of 
gotten away from journaling, and it was a bad move. I need to come back to my journaling. For me, that really helps me. So that's what I did. And we have the Holy Spirit living in us. This is the blessed conclusion. Be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. He's here to love you and care for you and guide and direct you. And when you're living under the control of the Holy Spirit, you will be productive. And you'll be satisfied. When you go to bed at night, you lay your head on the pillow and say, Lord, thank you. When I used to work in a grocery store, some of the guys I worked with on night crew said, why do you work so hard? <laughs> I said, because if Jesus comes in at 8 in the morning, I want to look him in the eye and say, Lord, I gave you 8 hours of good work. It was that simple for me. And it's still true today. All right. Live a blessed life and a blessable life of wisdom. And by the way, keep reading <laughs> one chapter of Proverbs every day. Today's chapter is amazing. It's a wonderful chapter. And uh, I hope you've been doing it. I think it's been a blessing. I've seen some of you have. You've been posting stuff, and it's blessed me. It's just good to dive into a very practical book like Proverbs. And again, if you were convicted today, don't tell anybody. Just run to Jesus. But again, some of you who feel convicted probably need to take a holy nap. You've been working too hard, right? I mean, there, there's a balance here. We need, to, we need to keep that in mind. But isn't it a blessing to know that our lives count for the glory of God? He is interested, and everything we do is sacred. We offer it to him, and he blesses it. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity today to look at a very practical lesson on laziness. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you, by your Holy Spirit, will apply this to our hearts, however you choose to do so. Lord, help us to live a life that pleases you. Let us yearn for the day when at the Bema Seat of Christ we'll see what we did was honoring to you, glorified you, and some of it's very simple. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to serve others in common grace, as David taught us yesterday. And everything we do, we devote to you for your glory right now, for today and tomorrow and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to audio from Fellowship Community Church in Centennial, Colorado. If you'd like more resources or want to support this ministry, please visit www.fcchurch.org.